All right, good morning, and we are um, in our second week of this series called No Compromise, and it's basically through the book of Daniel. Now, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 2, so if we want to take your copy of God's Word, uh, whether it be digital copy or or, uh, written copy or whatever, and we're going to be in Daniel chapter 2. For the most part, uh, that's uh, pretty much all the Scripture. We're not going to read every single verse, uh, but we're going to be um, uh, diving deep into that. Uh, chapter 2. So we can learn so much about Daniel and his teenage friends about living with conviction in a world of compromise. We live in a world of compromise. It's happening all around us. And I even feel like the summer, there's even more compromise that happens. Whether we choose to compromise our, our, our values, we tend to compromise our purity And so we just want to make sure that uh, we keep our guard up, and we can learn a lot through Daniel. Last week, we talked about the resolve of purity. Daniel showed resolve not to defile his purity. You know, many of the problems, uh, many of my problems, all of our problems would be solved if we lived with the resolve not to defile our purity. Daniel showed us how to live in a culture of compromise By keeping his identity pure. We learned that first from Daniel. He was a God-fearing, God-following Jew. He had resolved not to lose that identity, even though he was put into a situation in a foreign land and basically commanded to learn the ways of the culture, the language, the government, all of these things. But yet, he kept his Jewish identity pure. And then... um, He also kept his choices pure, but not eating food sacrificed to idols. He showed confidence with his choice by offering an alternative. And we could do the same as well as we face uh, temptations to make choices that defile our purity. We can choose another alternative. There's always another alternative if we are bold enough to seek it out. And to put those things aside. And so we learn a lot from Daniel to keep our identity pure. We are a, are a part of the chosen body of Christ. If you've accepted Christ as Savior, then you can be identified in him, in his death, burial, and resurrection. And he is alive now, and your identity is in Christ. So don't let the world, don't let the compromised world try to to mess up your identity. And so, keep your identity pure in Christ. Keep your choices pure. So the story of Daniel continues as he shows us how to live with conviction in a culture of compromise. As we move into chapter two, we see Daniel respond to a situation of turmoil. Situation of turmoil. So turmoil is gonna be kind of a key word we're gonna talk about today. Now, you and I can agree there's lots of turmoil in the world. If we look even beyond Bartow County, there's this turmoil in the world. There's wars, there's people fighting, there's different sides. People have divided our country. People have divided the church. There's denominations who are now being split down the middle because of of division. There's, There's turmoil happening all around us. And sin causes that turmoil. When turmoil happens, we watch many people sort of freak out. We watch people sort of freak out. They, they lose their minds. But it's how we respond to turmoil that separates us from those 
who may compromise their standards. Now, so I want to make sure you understand this. Turmoil is going to happen in your life. And it's how we respond to turmoil that helps us with this. Now, I'm going to let you know something. I, I like to be very, very um, transparent when I preach. I like to be frank when I'm preaching. And so when, when I'm saying these words today, I'm saying these words right back to me as well. Because this sermon, it's not just preaching to you. It's preaching to me as well. Now, this sermon, even though it's on Father's Day, I'm going to be mentioning things specifically to the men in this room or the men watching online. But this can also be used in everyone's life. I promise you that. So what is turmoil? Well, it's described as a state of great disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. Great disturbance, confusion, or uncertainty. How many of y'all have ever had any of those in your life? Just raise your hand. Yeah, if you're not, then, you know, I'm not sure if you're being honest. Yeah, we have turmoil in our life. Ever lost a job? Ever had an eviction notice? Ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend break, break up with you? Divorce papers handed to you? Ever have a devastating health report? A loved one suddenly die? The list can go on. Then you know what it's like to step into a life of turmoil, turmoil, and it can happen when you least expect it. In the beginning of chapter two, we find Daniel and his friends, along with the rest of the Jewish young men, they finish their three-year training. So just remember, Daniel and his teenage friends, not just those teenage friends, and we're talking specifically Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we're going to talk about them next week. But Daniel and his teenage friends, it's not just those teenagers, because you've got lots of teenage boys that were put into this program and to indoctrinate them into the Babylonian culture. And, but the Bible specifically is talking about these four friends who have made the choice, as we saw in chapter one, the resolve not to have their purity defiled. And so they went through this three-year training, and we find at the beginning of chapter two, their training is done. So that makes Daniel about 17 or 18 years old at this particular time. He has learned the history and governing structure of the Babylonian Empire, but has not defiled himself. They were beginning their service as wise men for the kingdom. All seemed to be going well until King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon started having dreams. They were more like nightmares, keeping the king awake at night. This caused him so much, so much turmoil that he called the chief magicians, wise men, and astrologers together in the middle of the night to get them to interpret his dream. The king asked them to tell, his, uh, tell them his dream so they may interpret it. So the king, in the middle of the night, has this awful nightmare. So he wakes up everyone, all of his wise men, his magicians, his astrologers, the, the wisest people, the trained people in his kingdom. And he tells them this, I need you to tell me what my dream was. <laughs> so um, we see the, um, the king's response here in Daniel chapter two, verse five and six. The king replied to astrologers, 
This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Can you imagine the look on the faces of the chief wise men? <laughs> to have a, a command such as that, not just interpret the dream, but first tell what I dreamed about, if you're really wise. So we see the response in verses 10 through 11. The astrologers answered the king, there's no one on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the, the gods, and they do not live among humans. God's small g god, the false gods. And so the wise men, all of these people realize, all right, we're, we're as good as dead. Us, our entire families, our homes, everything, our livelihood is about to be over. No one can do this. So turmoil rocks the entire Babylonian empire because of this one man's dream. This king is in turmoil, and he is causing other turmoil and other people's lives. Now, hold on to that thought because we're going we're gonna to apply that to our life as we go into this message. But just remember this. One man, one man had turmoil in his life. And he, because of the turmoil, he passed it down to other people and causing turmoil in their life. That is huge. And so they've just given up. Hey, king, and, he, and they're really talking, they're really being bold talking to King Nebuchadnezzar the way they are right now. Hey, hey, King Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, no one has ever asked this. I mean, they don't, they don't say anything about how great and mighty are you, king. They go right to the point. Look, no one has ever asked this. No king ever has asked this kind of request. What are you thinking? But I think they're to the point to where they're being a little bit disrespectful to the king because they know it's about to happen. They know, and they give up. So he unleashes massive turmoil. Let me see in the next verse, verse 12 through 13. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and wise men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. <laughs> I mean, what do you do? These young boys, now young men, who've gone three years into this, and now they're thrown into this turmoil where they're gonna be executed. And wasn't that many years ago, their lives were rocked and their families were probably killed or beaten. And they were brought to Babylon. And now here they are. Well, I guess this is where it ends. This is real life turmoil. 
So how does Daniel and his friends respond to this huge turmoil? This is very important, what I'm about to say. The other wise men tried to interpret the dream while Daniel tried to interpret the turmoil. While the other wise men were so concerned about interpreting the dream, even not even knowing the dream, Daniel was interpreting the turmoil. Now, that's kind of the, the, the meat of what we're going to be talking about today. Because there's turmoil in your life. If there hasn't been, there will be. And there probably hasn't in the past. And it's all about how we interpret the turmoil that, that helps us to get beyond it. So what do we learn from Daniel? Let's look at, let's continue, verse 14 and 15. Verse 14 and 15, it says this. When Arach, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. So, the first thing we see from Daniel is that Daniel remains calm. Daniel's not freaking out. He wants to know why, okay? So, he's trying to interpret the turmoil. He remains calm. Now, remind you, he's about 18 years old. Most, you know, 18-year-olds do some crazy things. So, when, if you are faced with turmoil, how easy is it to freak out? I'm telling you what, depending on what the turmoil is, it's easy for me to freak out. Because instead of interpreting the turmoil, I try to fix the problem and try to go right to the problem. And God's like, mm, don't try to fix the problem. Let's interpret what the problem is and why it's existing in your life, why it is here. There's a reason for everything. God causes certain things to happen for his purpose. Our compromising culture does not see that because they don't walk with God. When turmoil happens in our culture, in our life, then our culture can't comprehend it because they don't walk with God. A person of conviction who walks with God understands that there's a bigger picture being painted. There's a reason why you lost your job. There's a reason why you were denied a loan. There's a reason why your boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with you. There's reasons why everything. So remain calm. Let me talk to the men in this room and watching online. Men, our families are looking at us to remain calm, so don't freak out. Frank, don't freak out, I'm talking to myself, it's easy. So don't freak out. A crisis 
does not make the man. Instead, it reveals the man. A crisis, turmoil, does not make the man. It reveals the man. So guys, we're showing our true colors if we sort of freak out. And so we got to remain calm when things happen. <laughs> the thing I have a lot of turn, uh, freak out about is when we have some sort of water issue in our house. Now, we, we've had a lot of washer, water issues, whether it be a flooded basement many times or, you know, water leaking from the ceiling and everything. And I just, I like, okay, this is ridiculous. We're going to sell the house. You know, we're going to move. Hey, this is ridiculous and all this stuff. And I just, I, I like go to, like, I'm just going to ultimately fix it, right? We'll fix it. We'll move, right? And that's just crazy why I would think that. But it's, we've had so many problems with water issues in our house. It's like I go there first and it's like I have to tell myself, all right, just don't freak out. Even though you just did. But just remain calm. Just remain calm. So no matter, no matter what the issue is, whether it's a big life crisis or something simple like a water main break or flooded basement, just don't freak out. So remain calm. How else did Daniel respond to this turmoil? We see this in verse 16. Right there in verse 16, at, at this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Now, I find this just utterly fascinating. He asked the officer, okay, why is the king requesting this? What, what's going on? Everybody else is freaking out around him. Uh, I mean, they're just, you could just imagine the scene. Daniel's like, okay, why? Next thing he does, he goes straight to the king. He just finished his indoctrination service, and now he's going straight to the king, age 18. Hey, king, let's have a word. Let's have a word. To me, he shows no fear. He shows no fear in facing his death sentence by the king. Instead of hiding or walking away, Daniel made a beeline straight to the king. To better interpret turmoil in your life, don't hide from it. Don't hide from it. That's what Daniel could have done. He could have escaped. He could have gone in hiding. He could have, they would have eventually found him. And when turmoil comes in your life and you go to try to hide from it, it's going to eventually find you. It is. Don't hide from it. Face it. Face it. Head on. And sometimes that turmoil is something that we bring upon ourselves. It could have been a choice we've made. And that turmoil is there. We just got to be upfront with it. We've got to be honest with ourselves. So we just can't show fear. For example, most marriages give up during turmoil because they're afraid to face it, afraid to talk about it even afraid to pray about it and to pray through it. If you want to properly interpret turmoil in your life, then show no fear. Don't be afraid. Face up to it. Go make a beeline to 
the turmoil. That's what Daniel did. So we learn this, remain calm. Secondly, show no fear. And then we also see that Daniel doesn't do this alone. He, he doesn't go solo on this. Look in verse 17 through 19. Verse 17 through 19, then Daniel returned to the house. And he just returned from, you know, talking to the king. Okay? Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He urged them to place, uh, to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision that Daniel praised the God of heaven. So, Daniel, instead of trying to interpret this, this turmoil, not the dream, he tried to interpret the turmoil. He didn't do it by himself. He didn't go solo. He talked to other trusted people who walked with God. Said, hey, I need some help with this. We need some help with this. We need to all come in together. When turmoil happens in your life, don't go solo. Invite people into your situation so you may better interpret the problem or better interpret the turmoil in your life. Guys, I'm going to be honest, we have a big problem with this. We like to face turmoil on our own. We like to man up. We don't like to tell the other guys what's going on. We don't. I believe God answered his prayers because Daniel chose not to go after the problem alone. He went straight to his closest friends who walked with God, the same guys who chose not to defile themselves, to keep, them, to keep purity in their lives. He went to them and said, hey, I need you to get on your knees. We need to pray and pray now. So we see Daniel. How did he respond to turmoil? How did he interpret the turmoil? He remained calm. He showed no fear. He went straight to the king. King, Give me time. Give me time. He didn't go solo. He had other people pray. And not just anybody. He had people he knew that walked with God. We need to do the same thing. And then we see this. Um, Daniel didn't take any credit for this interpretation. Um, how, do, how do most 18-year-olds act when they're given something of, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, value of knowing that they've done something? They take the credit. For instance, 18-year-olds, and not every 18-year-old, but 18, 19, 20-year-old professional athletes Man, it's like, man, I did this. I did this and got all this money and fame and everything. And, and not all athletes do this, but there are some that they just, they give themselves a the credit. But Daniel, 
he chose to give credit where credit is due. According to the culture, Daniel had a right to boast about himself, but Daniel took no credit. We see this in verses 27 through 28. Daniel responded, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Call him. And then he shares what happened. And we're not gonna actually read the dream or the interpretation of the dream. You know why? It's not about the dream, but rather why it was given. It's not about your turmoil and what caused them, but rather why this turmoil is in your life and what God wants to do through it. Going through some tough times. All right, why is this happening and why is this happening now? There's a reason for this. What can we do about it? What am I supposed to do about it? How are we to respond? And then when that interpretation of that turmoil happens and God gives you wisdom and you pray about it and he gives you the solution, it's all right, all right, now that I know why it's here, where it came from, that kind of stuff, then God, we're gonna tackle this together. Take no credit. Take no credit. Give it all to God. Thankful for God. He walked us through this. Okay? When... When we have water issues at our house, I don't take credit for any of that. When it gets solved, I give credit to my plumber, <laughs> right? Because he fixes it. And I know that's just a small little example, but the big things in your life, take no credit. Guys, let's not take credit for that. Let's give it where credit is due, and that's to God himself. All glory and honor belongs to him. So when turmoil happens, we all need it. We just need to remain calm. We need to show no fear. Don't do this by ourselves. Invite others to be a part of that. And don't take credit when you come out of it. Hey, I did it. I did it. I was man up. I was, you know, I was man enough to walk through it. No. Give glory and honor to God. God gave me strength. God walked me through this, this certain situation. And after you have gone through those things, your recognition will come. You know, guys, because that's kind of what we want, right? We just, we want respect. I think that's one of the number one things that, that guys need besides Harley, you know, or certain tools or, you know, whatever. Besides that, we, we just want respect. We want people to respect us. Get this in verse 46 through 49, in that same chapter. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor in order that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God 
capital G, is the God, capital G, of all gods, lower G, and the Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and made him, placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, Daniel's request, uh, moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Respect. The king of Babylon, the most powerful man in the world at the time, he bowed down to Daniel. Now, I've never even walked in my house. When I walk in my house, people don't bow down before me. Okay? Now, when I was, when the kids were little and I'd walk in, they would all run to me. They're like, Daddy's home. And I remember that. It was so awesome. And they're little and they'd come and they'd tackle me. And it was so cool. Now, the only person or being that tackles me is, is my dog. He just comes running, wags in his tail. Nobody else wags their tail at their house. Only my dog, and it just comes in and just, you know, jumps on me and everything, and it's awesome. And then literally, Beignet bows down before me. He stretches and bows down. He's such a great, great dog. And if you don't have a dog that does that, you need to get you one. But I tell you, Daniel gained the respect. Why did Daniel regain the respect? I honestly believe, because it's in Scripture. They just followed the the protocol, God's protocol of responding to turmoil. He didn't freak out. He didn't freak out. Showed no fear. We're moving on. He, uh, He didn't try to do it by himself. And he surely didn't take credit for it when it was all resolved. He gave credit where credit was due to God the Father. And what happened? He gained respect. That will happen in your life as well. I mean, why not? It's in the Bible. (laughs) Lots of examples in the Bible. This is just one. And what's very interesting, and we're not going to read the interpretation or what the dream was. You can can go read that. I encourage you to do that. Daniel chapter 2. But what's amazing about this this dream and this interpretation is that Daniel goes on to tell King Nebuchadnezzar, hey, almighty king, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be another empire that's going to take over your spot, and it's going to take over your kingdom, and then another empire after that. And then Daniel goes on to say, then there's going to be a kingdom that will never end that will be greater than your kingdom. Talking about the church, the, 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 the kingdom of God and his saints. Daniel, and you read it, it's right there. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Many hundreds of years before even Jesus enters the planet. He's talking about a kingdom that will never end. And what does King Nebuchadnezzar do? He doesn't say, all right, be gone. Off with your head. You're, 
you're telling me things that are against his kingdom. The king knows he's correct because he not only interpreted the dream, but told the king what the dream was. But that's only because God gave it to him. After praying, him and his friends praying. And so even though it was a dream that was not in favor of the king, the king still gave him respect. So how do we live in a culture of compromise without compromising ourselves? We got to respond to turmoil because guess what? People are watching. And I guarantee you there are people in your life who don't know Christ who are watching how you respond to turmoil. They are. And there are people in your life, and they could even be believers, who maybe they don't have a close walk with Christ. They're looking at you, and they're saying, man, how that person walks through this is amazing. I know people in my life that have walked through incredible, amazing difficulty, and I look at them and say, how do they do that? How do they do that? And because I've grown up and I've watched people and I've, and I've moved in closer even in their life and to, and to try to interpret how they're doing that, it's helped me to walk in seasons of uttermost turmoil, even as we did in year 2021, lots of turmoil. Now, saying that I did it perfectly, but knowing this, I learn from watching others and learn from people like Daniel. You and I, we can do the same thing. And so God wants us not to live by the world. Don't freak out. Let's all come together. And this is why you need a church. This is why you need a church to walk through that turmoil together. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we close out this service. I just, I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to just, um, first of all, to respond correctly to turmoil. So I'm going to, let me give you some opportunities here. If you, if you have had turmoil in the past, or maybe you're currently having some turmoil, just some unanswered questions some confusion in your life. Just ask God to help you to follow this. Ask God to show you how to interpret the turmoil, to walk through it. And if you've done it in such a way that, that you've had to give an honor and glory to God because of your actions, ask God for forgiveness. Ask him, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for for not responding in a way. Because you and I, you know, we, if we've not responded in a way that's proper, guess what? We can lash and unleash turmoil onto others, especially those closest to us. So ask the Lord to forgive you for that. 
whether it be in the past or current. And if you're sitting here today or watching online and you're like, I, I don't know how I can turn to God. I don't know if I even have people in my life that I can turn to. It's because you need to bring Jesus into your life. You need to bring the one who can calm the storms into your life. And so that just simply takes you asking. You just pray in a simple prayer like, God, I believe Jesus, I believe Jesus is the author of peace. And I believe he died on the cross for me. So Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be Lord and Savior of my life. Help me to live for you. And bring your peace into my life. Heavenly Father, forgive us when we've responded in a way that's contrary to what we see in Daniel. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this example in Daniel. And we pray, Father, that you help us, especially as men, to lead by example when the turmoil happens, to not respond as the world does, but respond as how you would want us to respond. We love you. We serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.